0: The ka plan uh, for me, it's a very traditional thing. It's an arranged marriage. Uh, my mom will find somebody who she thinks that I should get married to, and then I'll I'll say yes to that um, when the time comes. So, um, I In my family, most of our marriages are arranged, and I'm I'm totally okay with that
1: over here for example the style of marriages are different it's more love marriages but yet the divorce rates are so high so high so it's not like they've cracked any secret code <laughs> that you know that you try before you buy those guys better uh, you know experience it's actually not proven that way either so it's, it's not
0: it's really not
1: hey my name is habib ahmed and you're listening to puck Cord. In each episode of this podcast, I talk to different people from all around the world, and we all have one big connection, Pakistan. Our special guest for this episode is Bilal Janejo. Bilal previously gave a short monologue in her August 14th special episode, number 62, where he shares his love for the country. So you can listen to Bilal's full monologue in episode number 62 at 23 minutes and 35 seconds. But here, I will play a one-minute version of his monologue.
0: As a kid, I always had this sort of um, identity crisis, I didn't know where I belonged. You know, living overseas, you always hang out with the local Indian community, the local Southern Asian community, and I tried to blend in with them, but for some reason, I was never accepted and never felt comfortable, always felt out of place, and you know, they looked down on Pakistanis. I would hide the fact that I'm from Pakistan sometimes, just to like avoid all the hazing and, and, you know, the insults and stuff. This went on a long time until I was watching TV one day. It was 14th August and I I saw the ceremony at Vaga border. you know, when they hoist the flag and everyone's clapping and screaming. And when I saw that, I realized that I I belong to a free country. You know, I I come from a place where I will be accepted and uh, nobody will make fun of me. You know, that's my culture. And this is something to be proud of. It gave me a sense of belonging and Alhamdulillah, that was the day that my issue, my identity crisis ended. Alhamdulillah for this nation. I'm so, so grateful to Allah that I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. It's definitely something to be proud of.
1: Now, Bilal is here to share a little bit about his life. Bilal has spent most of his life living in the southern region of Africa, specifically the countries of Malawi, South Africa and Zimbabwe. It's like like a
0: spider web kind of thing. I moved to Malawi first. Um, I lived there until I was around six. Then we came back to Pakistan for two years. Uh, I learned how to read and write Urdu in Pakistan. I grew up like a proper Karachi boy. Um, Um, Then I moved to Zimbabwe and I lived there for a number of years. And then my parents sent me to South Africa in the middle for two years. Uh, I was was in a boarding school. And then recently I was ah. in South Africa again for two years, uh, alone once again. Yeah. Um, for university. So South Africa wasn't like with family. It was mostly just education basically. for education purposes. And Zimbabwe and Malawi, my family actually lived there. And we moved yeah. from Zimbabwe to Malawi and now we're permanently there.
1: This is our first time bringing someone from that part of the world. So naturally, a very exciting and insightful discussion for us. He's going to talk to us about the people, the languages, the places and the food, all from his perspective. So without further ado, let's hit it up with Bilal.
0: So my name is Bilal Junejo and Alhamdulillah, I was born in Karachi, Pakistan. I'm one of the few people in my family from my generation born in in Pakistan. I'm 24 years old, uh, studying accounting. I was born in Pakistan but I grew up in Africa. So I'm sort of an African child as well. My parents moved to Africa when I was a year old. So that, that culture is also instilled in me in a way. I grew up in Malawi, then I moved to Zimbabwe for a bit. I lived in South Africa alone for about four years. I was, mm. I was young, but at home that was a good experience. So yeah, mm. that, that was how my childhood was, like, just moving around a little bit.
1: I see. And what uh, brought your parents, uh, your family, to uh, Africa in general?
0: Uh, I've got a lot of relatives in Africa. People who moved a hundred years ago to Africa, you know, mm. distant relatives. Um, even before the partition of Pakistan and India, they had some of them had moved to Africa. Uh, so when Pakistan was created, my great grandfather left all his properties and everything back in India. He moved to Pakistan. And then uh, yeah. some of us started moving. And then my dad was like the last one, you can say. Uh, he moved in 1997. I was a year old. Um, and yeah. just to join family day, better business opportunities. Um, you know, in Pakistan, it's a really, it, it's, it's a really tough uh, job thingy, job environment, you can say. Yeah. So in Africa, you got a lot of chances. Well,
1: that, that's, that's very interesting to hear. I think I mentioned this to you earlier, too. Like, uh, I, I didn't know about the, uh, the going back 100 year part. But in general, when you hear about Pakistanis moving abroad, right? They mentioned, okay, they are going to the, the Gulf countries. or Dubai, uh, America, of course, you know, Europe. But uh, not so often I hear, you know, they went to Africa. So you're, you're probably the first, actually you are, I think, the first person on the podcast who has uh, lived in uh, African countries. So that's a very different angle.
0: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And a lot of people don't know about the life in Africa. Um, yeah, it's yeah. a great life in America, in, in Europe. Um even in the Gulf countries, yeah, it's pretty great. But I tell you, uh, there's no place like Africa. You know, we we yeah. have an amazing life. I can tell you something. Like our people, Asian people, we mm-hmm. live in Africa like kings. Okay. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't have okay. to lift a finger. Even roti banane ke liye bhi log hote hain It's like that. It's to that extent. Uh, jiske Europe map karna Even in the US, you got to do your own work. Even in the US, um, yeah. and even in South Africa, uh, just putting Malawi and Zimbabwe aside, you got to do your own work. But yeah. in Malawi, and Zimbabwe, you know, you've got you've got domestic workers, you've got chefs, you've got cooks, and they come and do mm-hmm. everything for you. And it's not even that expensive. So the life in Africa is yeah. really good. Most people don't know about it. That's why they move to those
1: big names. So it's really laid back, kind of similar to Pakistan. I think in Pakistan, if you think about the uh, the upper middle class, uh, most often people do pretty well. They have workers for pretty much everything. I hate yeah. actually... Uh, a lot of people talk about this over here in the U.S. too. I've I've actually grown up in the U.S. I think you already know that. So yeah. I've spent most of my life here. But whenever I go go back, go back to Pakistan, I do see the lifestyle there. I see, for example, even my mom changes her mentality. So that's kind of maybe a Western aspect of living in general. They promote kind of uh, doing everything yourself. You mentioned South Africa is very similar to that, right? Yes, South Africa is very similar to that in a way. Uh, if you do yeah. have domestic workers, it's,
0: it's really hard like to afford those kind of like those kind of services um yeah. but it's completely different in zimbabwe and malawi because the unemployment rate is very high and you know the people are generally below the poverty line so mm-hmm. um the wages are quite low even like the minimum wage set by the government is quite low yeah. so you get really good service um for a really good rate at the same time hmm. um yeah. and then you know most pakistani people they treat their uh, their employees well so alhamdulillah mm-hmm. there's never been uh that big of an issue You know like, yeah. uh, they're, they're, they're quite nice to us I yeah, have yeah. to say They are And you know Pakistani people do a lot of work A lot of social work as well mm-hmm. uh, so, And for that reason Pakistani people are uh, Respected Mostly by like the Indigenous people uh, mm-hmm. You know like You know Pakistan Yeah, they always give, They're always giving food To people and stuff So that way yeah, mm-hmm. Pakistani people do have A good reputation With uh, the indigenous people Like the, the, the Africans The Zimbabweans And the Malawians with them mm-hmm. it's, it's a good it's a good relationship
1: oh how's the how's the desi population in general you mentioned pakistanis are very very well respected i'm guessing there's a, a decent amount of desi population in those three countries
0: oh yeah there's a lot of lot of pakistani people a lot of asian people and a lot of pakistani people uh mm-hmm. in all countries in, pa- in pakistan you can find them anywhere in the world Come on, now right. we, yeah. we know that now yeah so yeah. Uh, a lot of pakistani people in south africa zimbabwe and malawi they've got their organizations like the Pakistani community in Zimbabwe. There's uh, the Pakistani welfare association in Malawi. So they're doing a lot of work. Uh, they help each other out. You know, if any other Pakistani person is in trouble, he's got a financial issue or something that needs to be resolved. Uh, it's, it's really cool, you know? They, they, they've got each other's backs. It's nice to see, yeah. That, see that, yeah. yeah. And, That's and cool. I think even with, with the indigenous people, um, like, for example, in Malawi, you've got this Welcome to Islam campaign. Uh, there's a lot of uh, campaigns going on. A lot of people are doing a lot of social work. So
1: Pakistanis do a lot for people. Mashallah. So I asked Bilal to elaborate more on his experience dealing with locals in Malawi, Zimbabwe, and South Africa. Here, he wanted to distinguish his experience with the native African population, versus the people of South Asian descent.
0: Yeah, okay, on our side, especially in Zimbabwe, so um, the African people in Zimbabwe, the Zimbabweans, the real Zimbabweans, they're very Mm -hmm. nice people. It doesn't matter if you're Indian or you're from China or you're from Pakistan or even if you're white, you know, it doesn't matter what race you belong to, they're very nice to everybody. And I really enjoyed that. The trouble that I found was with dealing with Asian people, okay? Um, The area that I grew up with, um, the people that, that, that were around me, they weren't all Pakistani. Most mm. of them were local Indians. Their families mm. had moved to Africa 150 years ago, 200 years ago. And uh, they've been living there for a long time. So they're not really um, into the Indian culture. You know, they don't mm. really know about their roots that much. And, and they sort of look down at people who come uh, from India, or Pakistan. I'm sure mm. you're familiar with the term freshie, right?
1: Mm. Fresh off the boat.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they look down, especially on Pakistanis. And they apparently mm-hmm. Pakistanis a bad reputation that Pakistanis are corrupt, they're thieves, you know, mm-hmm. they're sort of, they built this, this wild image of Pakistanis, mm-hmm. you know, like an uncontrolled wild specimen that's mm-hmm. just running around. And it's not like that. And I think it's mostly jealousy. Here's one thing that I noticed, I, I once told my dad I, uh, that, you know what, why is this going on? Why is it that we're always looked down on? And it's just like the thing is that Indian people came here 150 years ago, 200 years ago. And, you know, they've, they've lived a good life here. They've made their properties. And the Pakistanis came about 20 to 25 years ago. But because Pakistani yeah. people are so intelligent and they're so immensely talented that they know mm-hmm. how to make money, you know. Pakistani mm-hmm. people are really good at stuff. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're really good at business. They're really good at their jobs. And Alhamdulillah, uh, people from Pakistan came to Africa. They built their big, big houses. Uh, you know, houses that uh, those people had never seen before. I mean, Mm. I'm talking about like, like triple story houses, like, you know how we have in Pakistan. We don't think it's a big deal to see a big house like that in Pakistan, in Karachi and Lahore. It's a very, very big deal. So there's that -hmm. that aspect of jealousy also, that these people Mm -hmm. have just come here 25 to 30 years ago and they've made all this money. So it's Mm -hmm. also like that. And it's one thing that I really, really struggled with, because if I spoke my language, it was something to laugh about, like for them, Mm. you know, it's just my whole culture.
1: Yeah, so let's talk about language a little bit too, actually. What are the languages spoken, the primary languages spoken in each of those countries? And were they speaking English or were they speaking uh, the local languages of the countries, those Asians?
0: Okay, the Asians will always speak English. They will always hmm. speak English because their uh, traditional Indian languages like Hindi or Urdu or, uh, you know, they speak, uh, most of them are, like they, they speak Kachi and stuff. Their families do, but uh, because they grew up in Malawi, in Zimbabwe. They don't really remember those languages. They don't really speak them. They speak English only.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and with Us Pakistanis, as we come from Pakistan. We don't really know how to speak English. Uh, yeah. That's something to be made fun of, you know, for them. Yeah. And it's something that I did struggle with initially. I didn't know how to speak English so well when I moved. I could only speak Urdu. Mm-hmm. And then my, my brother and I, we sort of started this thing where we'd only speak to each other in English. I started reading a lot of books.
1: It's kind of like a status symbol, right? If you know English, you're, you're a certain status in the US, a lot of brown people do this to each other. In fact, it was it's kind of funny. I was born in Pakistan, but I moved to the US when I was six. But because we spoke a lot of Urdu and Punjabi at home, my accent and English never really developed you know, completely all the, all the time. So I would switch accents sometimes and it would get difficult, right? So whenever I'd go out with my brown friends in university, Sometimes I get made fun of. And interestingly, the funny thing is that a lot of my Pakistani and Indian friends in university, a lot of them have moved to the US after me. So it's not like they were, they were, they were born and raised in the U S they actually have moved after me, like several years after me, but they worked so much on their accent that I guess it was something f- to be proud of for them. And I was like, yeah, you guys came here after me and you're making fun of me <laughs> for being a freshie, like, like what you said, fresh off the boat of a uh, fob, they use the word fob a lot. Oh, you're so fobby. I think uh, brown people in general, across the countries, we have this weird superiority issue. Like English is superior to everything.
0: I think even in Pakistan, true. there's a little bit of that issue. If you go to the really posh areas and maybe you're standing at Dunkin' Donuts or something and you see a lady and she'll speak, she'll be speaking in English. I remember I had this one incident where, you know, I have a beard and I look like somebody who's who wouldn't really know um, English, how to speak English, okay? And yeah. so I'm sitting down uh, was the Domino's or, or Dunkin' Donuts and I'm just sitting and there were these random people just talking about me in English, thinking that I don't know how to speak the language. Ah. <laughs> and it, was, it, was kind of, it was kind of funny for me. Here's the thing though, when the not to speak Urdu. Yeah.
1: They
0: don't understand how your language is a very impressive language. Urdu is a very vast language. I mean, our literature is on a different level. So It shouldn't be that way, but unfortunately, that's how it is.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if other cultures have this issue too. English is just marked as the uh, the language of success.
0: It's it's sad, really. It shouldn't be that way. Especially um, yeah. brown people shouldn't be doing that
1: to each other. It's yeah. very very wrong. Right. Now, what are, what are the local languages of those countries? Malawi, Zimbabwe, what do Jata.
0: Okay, so Zimbabwe has uh, two local languages. It's Shona and Debele, and they're very, very complicated languages. They're amazing. They mm. sound really cool, but these languages are so deep. They've actually also got literature and stuff. Um, they're written in English format, but they're really mm. deep. So I could never, ever catch on to Shona. It was quite tough. So I could understand okay. a little bit, but I could never speak. And then uh, went to Malawi and then there Chichewa is spoken. Chichewa is like a really simple language. It's quite easy um, and mm-hmm. it's very, very casual. Uh, so it's very easy to understand. And I was starting to learn before I moved back to Pakistan.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: South Africa has 11 official languages.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I knew that about South Africa. That's it has a lot of languages, a lot of official, but I know there's official languages, but then there's also the the commonly spoken languages on the streets. What is that? Is it mostly English or is it Zulu or something else?
0: Okay, in South Africa, you'll find people mostly that can speak English, yeah.
1: Hmm.
0: Most, most of them can speak English. And then, yeah, they will communicate with each other in their languages. Like, for example, in the KwaZulu-Natal area, where you've got Durban and all those other cities, right? Mm-hmm. They'll speak Zulu. And then with well, different states, it's different languages, you know what I mean?
1: Mm, I see, yeah.
0: In Zimbabwe, um, if, you, if you speak to Zimbabwean people that speak to you in English, their English is very good. Zimbabwe is a very educated nation. They yeah. had almost 100% literacy rate. Wow. Yeah, it's on a different level. And then when you go to Malawi, uh, the locals, uh, the Malawian people can't really speak much English. Okay, there are people, yes, who can speak English, but most of the people that I have met, I'm talking about my personal experience here, they can't speak English. So if you're stuck on the road and need directions, they will try to help you out, but it will be very difficult for you to understand because they can't speak hmm. English.
1: At this point, I asked Bilal to talk about places to go for those of us who are interested in traveling to some of these Southern African countries, and he gave a few tips.
0: Okay, so I've been to Lake Malawi, and that's like the one amazing place that Malawi has. It has a few exciting places, but yeah. I think the lake would be, I love going to, and that's one place that I would recommend. Uh, when it comes to Zimbabwe, I visited this place called Nyanga. It's, um, it's sort of like a holiday resort in Nyanga, and it's really yeah. nice. It's, it's, it's quite cool. Uh, Zimbabwe has one of the seven wonders of the world called the Victoria Falls and I lived in Zimbabwe for like a decade I can say and I never ever got to see it. I would strongly recommend that please please go and take a look at Victoria Falls it's truly amazing I've seen pictures of it I've never actually seen it in real life it's on my bucket list though and South Africa Africa has a lot of places that you've got to see I I can't even list them down right now. Yeah, Cape, Town. Yeah. Cape Town is amazing. Um, I, always, I always say this, even like on my Twitter, I always say this, that I left a piece of me in Johannesburg. That's, I love that place. So Johannesburg is this amazing city in South Africa. And mm-hmm. I had a really good time. Uh, so there's a lot of places to see. But in Zimbabwe, Vic Falls, hands down, the best place. I there, really want to see that.
1: The Victoria Falls, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Af- Africa, I think, gets overlooked the most. And yet, I think it might be probably one of the most if not the most interesting continent to check out just because it's so huge, right? It has so many different climates and so many different cultures and so many hidden gems that are overlooked by people because they just don't think about it or, or they think about things that are scaring them. I, you know, I'm, I'm part of it too. I honestly, I'm won't, I'm not going to lie, but that intimidation does pick up. So for example, now I'm married, I will think about, Oh, what are some places that I can go with my wife? And oftentimes the language barrier is an issue or the safety barrier or you know, just kind of breaking the ice, it gives you cold feet sometimes. There's a lot of um, I think intimidation that people sometimes face when thinking about traveling to some of these countries. Once I land at the airport, kahape janga, you know, do they speak English over there? How do I get around? Should I take the taxi? Should I, you know, things like that.
0: There is there is nothing like that. Um, they've they've invested a lot in the tourism sector, and you really you you get a really good service if you come to Malawi yeah. or Zimbabwe. Uh, I remember I landed in, in, in Zimbabwe from Johannesburg. Uh, I was coming back from university and I met this guy who was from Boston. And I asked him, ah. what are you doing here? And he says, um, dude, I've had enough of Europe. I've had enough of um, all those other countries. Africa is the place to see. So mm-hmm. I started off in Cape Town and I'm going all the way um, to Central Africa. I was really impressed. So and he was alone. You know, it's just him with his backpack. White guy? Yeah, he was a white guy. And he was fearless, you know, wow. and uh, when he did land, Okay yeah I get it like you know white people do take a lot of risks and that's that's admirable yeah. but I think we should do the same now I think it's high time that we go and discover places so with Zimbabwe and Malawi there's there is no need to fear anything yeah you will find people who speak English who speak very good English very educated people and they will help you out you know they'll, they'll provide you a good service and it's not like you know you trick and stuff that happens everywhere in the world okay if you land in Pakistan it can happen to you in Pakistan if you of land course. anywhere else in the world even in gulf countries that's everywhere in the world, so it's it's a bit unfair to put that on Africa. Yeah, you know, it's not like that. Nah, it's a very very nice place. Especially if you want to see the world, if you want to see some some amazing places, uh, Zimbabwe, Malawi, South Africa, or Mozambique. These are really really good places to check out.
1: Food, ki thodi baat karo. Vise, wahan pe kya kha rahe the? Pe zyada, matlab right?
0: or even uh, University gaya. Uh so yeah. okay in the beginning I was I was getting I was getting my food from this local South African Indian lady, very nice lady, and she used to cook food for me and they obviously they make food a little bit different sale, I like exactly yeah. like Pakistani food. And then uh second year my, my brother and my cousin joined me. So we started making food on our own. And I I, I used to speak to my mom and learn from her on video code and then I started making nihari, korma and all these things. So
1: to What do the locals eat in general in Zimbabwe and Malawi?
0: Okay, in Zimbabwe and Malawi the staple food is maize. So um, they make this thing called um, in Zimbabwe it's called sadza, in Malawi it's called nsima. And uh, it's it's basically carbs and a lot of carbs.
1: Sadza. S A D Z A. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm it's looking really it right nice. Now. Is it like rice?
0: Uh sort of, but like you know okay, yeah. you know what Suji is, right, Suji?
1: Yeah, 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 right, I see.
0: Yeah, so it, it's sort of like that. Uh,
1: yeah, if, right if, now, you, yeah. If, you, if you
0: Google it, you'll see, you'll see pictures. It's this...
1: Yep, I'm looking at pictures of it.
0: Yeah, and it's I a see. lot of carbs and it tastes amazing. And they have it all over Africa, like South Africa, Malawi, Zimbabwe, Tanzania, all these places.
1: So they mix that with curries and stuff, and then, yeah, that's what they eat.
0: You can have this with veggies, with curry, with beans, um, with meat. You can have this with mm-hmm. everything. And we even eat this in our houses. It's so
1: good. I see. Really? Okay yeah it looks interesting yeah i see it pretty much mixed with every vegetable every meat over here yeah Fun.
0: and then there's this braai culture okay um okay so you in america they call it a barbecue we call it a braai in ah. zimbabwe malawi south africa yeah so uh that's like something that's really big in southern africa especially braais, and they yeah. happen at people's houses almost every weekend what you could call a cookout that, that's a big deal over there especially in south africa it's huge
1: I asked Bilal about the flying experience from Africa to Pakistan. As expected, it's not a direct flight. His last experience was from Malawi to Nairobi, Kenya, about four hours. And then from there...
0: And then from Nairobi to Dubai, we took another like four to five hours, I think. And then from Dubai to Karachi, it's I think an hour and a half.
1: So there's a few layovers in between.
0: Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. Dubai, it's a long stay. Especially if yeah. you're 18 hours, I, I, I don't, I, I don't like Dubai Airport. A few people make a big deal out of it, but I just,
1: yeah, I mean, airport, airport, hota. no matter how comfortable they make it, you're just trying to get you get, get to your destination. Yeah, you just
0: want to get to your destination. I'm very, very uncomfortable at airports. Okay, and going back to school a struggle, you know. Uh, yeah. okay, we went to school and stuff, but uh, one of the issues that we as Pakistani people face is that if shopping so much, you bags filled up, how do you go back to the airport? go back I think I've never ever seen anybody but Pakistani people at airports struggling with their baggage. Where do you have to put this bag in the bag? Okay, these are two things, one is to put bag in the bag and to reach the airport in the We all talk about Pakistan people that we have to get up the morning and we have to reach the airport And when we 10 And we A lot of people find this embarrassing but I've come to terms with it that we are Even if I do see because I'm usually travelling alone. If I'm going to study or somewhere, I don't have any family with my family. But I do see a lot of Pakistani families when I've come to terms with the that these are our people, we're all like this, nothing to laugh at. This is how it is, it's fine. So I just give America a polite smile. It's a cultural
1: thing. thing. And I think most people at the airports know this by now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is our
0: way, please don't mind. Na
1: now, yeah, for example, like uh, uh, going to Pakistan from the US, they have a baggage, I think you can take two to three bags. Right? right. So we limit her and then each bag can weigh no more than 70 pounds, which is about 32 kilograms, right? So 32 kilograms is now, Ami, my mom, and basically any uncle or auntie that's going to Pakistan from here, they make sure that they stuff it as much as possible to the 32 kilogram limit. But They'll go to 33. And then they'll say, well, kar they you know, they they just let us <laughs> go. Uh, te te, kuch log, uh, they, don't, they don't tell us anything at the airport. Other times they stop you and they're like, no, you got to take out something or throw something out. Otherwise we can't let you go. Then in the middle of the airport, we have our bags opened up our luggage opened up and we're trying to Sare figure out what to loo. do. Okay,
0: here is definitely not here. Here is a clue.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, Ami is coming from us. You know, we go to two or three brothers for Ami to leave us. We don't go to Pakistan, but we have our neighbors. We have our neighbors. It's
0: something that's very normal now. It's... Yeah. yeah, I've come to terms with it. This is how we are as, as Pakistani people. And it's fine. It's totally fine. People have uh, different quirks in their, uh, like, with their cultures. Yeah. And this is us. We do this. We yeah. have issues at the airport, okay? And please, just deal with it.
1: <laughs> it's funny you, you say this because when I was getting married about two years ago, Miri Chadiwi, right? Uh, two and a half years ago now. I invited my boss to my wedding. And my boss is white. So I told him straight up, I think the wedding was uh, the walima was scheduled for 6 p.m. Right. And I told him, "Hey, uh, his name was Eric." So I was like, "Hey Eric, listen, uh, in Pakistani culture, nobody actually shows up on time. So I don't want <laughs> you I don't want you to come and just sit there, right? I don't want you to be just sitting there and bored. So come uh, with your wife and uh, you know, with your kids. Come at 8 p.m. Come 2 hours later because pretty much everybody will show up 2 hours later." Wow. He showed up 1 hour later. And he still, st- he still waited one more hour for other people to show up for pretty much all of our guests to uh, get together and for us to start the function. And and he was telling me later on, he was like, I was extremely uncomfortable showing up one hour late. And I, you know, I, I, you told me to come <laughs> two, you told me to come two hours late, but I still came one hour late. And yet uh, you were absolutely right. Nobody actually showed up. I was like, yeah, don't mind it. This is, this is just how we do things. When we schedule it, we don't, we are always fashionably late. We never show up we intentionally do not show up on time that's just how we are
0: we call it pakistan standard time
1: yeah exactly uh we scheduled it for 7 pm your time and uh, we did it exactly two hours late because of me <laughs> so <laughs> uh, no matter how american i get i still follow uh Desi's schedule pakistan,
0: pakistan time uh, no but 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 thank god for that because i was i was, I was actually having uh lunch when you called me yeah, yeah.
1: Ah, kisi ka, kisi ka ho, ho tha, you know? If it wasn't me, it would have been you. Something
0: would have come up, yeah. I, I actually thought that when you would call, some mehman would show up, you know that, because that can happen in Pakistan. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that happens, yeah, yeah. Where do you want to settle down, I would ask?
0: Uh, yes, I really don't know that. I, I, I want to go back to Zimbabwe, I also going to live in Malawi. Um, I'm still looking for home. You know, I think for me, home is obviously where my parents are. So mm-hmm. when they're sure about where to go, then obviously I'll just follow them around. Uh, plans are a lot of plans. <laughs> but I'm planning to do the So for now, the only plan is that inshallah by next year I'll, I'll graduate. I'll, I'll be done with my graduation. I'm doing accounting right now. And uh, after three years of work experience, inshallah, I'll be a chartered accountant. So, to roz- I'll mm-hmm. I'll see where my life takes me. Okay. So, even uh, even right. you know? Yeah I, mean, yeah,
1: I was going to ask you about that. What is
0: <laughs> <The> 헤- <laughs> 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 ka plan uh, For me, it's very traditional thing. It's an arranged marriage. Uh, my mom will uh, find somebody who she thinks that I should get married to. And then I'll, I'll say yes to that um, when the time comes. Um, in my family, most of our marriages are arranged. And I'm, I'm totally okay with that.
1: Uh, yeah, that's amazing because, uh, yeah, aaj kal both arranged. Kahi kahi log semi-arranged marriage kartein. So for example, their parents still find them somebody, but they uh, spend a little bit of time talking to each other and making sure that they're compatible mm-hmm. and then they do that. But uh, a fully arranged marriage is very rare today, so that's that's pretty impressive. Something you're open to. Ar-
0: arranged marriage is great, yeah, but you need to If you know, if, if yeah. your parents suggest somebody to you and you don't like that person, okay, mm-hmm. uh, you, you really shouldn't say yes. I know that I'm yeah. not married and I I, I shouldn't be, be I, I'm not somebody who can comment on this, but I personally feel like if I don't like somebody that my parents suggested to me, mm-hmm. I can say no and my parents will understand, you know, my, like, most parents will understand that I have if they don't want to admit it, it will Definitely, you've got the right to say no. Use that right. If you don't like somebody... Uh, if, if you feel like this uh, is what you like, what your parents suggested, a girl or a girl, you know, he or she must say yes, if you like it, I'm not doing it. But if you don't like it, you feel uncomfortable, don't go for it.
1: There was a different time you know, before us. For example, my mom and dad, the way my mom said she got uh, married was, she just found out that she got engaged. didn't even know (laughs) she was getting engaged (laughs) there was a man
0: and
1: they were okay with it right a lot of people are successfully you know happily married for 40 50 plus years yeah and their life story is just like that Their just life stories just like yeah yeah i didn't even see him until the day of the wedding or i saw him maybe a day before uh so my mom says she saw my dad only once before the wedding Uh, and that too from a distance and uh, that's it. lava pictures, they pictures, that's it. Shadi ho Six kids later. And I think they've been married 45 years now. So it's,
0: yeah.
1: Mashallah. <laughs> yeah, mashallah. So it's been, so it's like this. But yeah, you can't even imagine you know,
0: it's really complicated but in inshallah I think the way our Pakistani marriages are they, they work out pretty well especially if it's yeah if it's if, if both uh, the guy and the girl are both Pakistani and they usually work out pretty well because the way uh we are, we're brought up mm-hmm. you know if you've got like proper desi parents so the way uh, the, our guys and our girls are brought up. Alhamdulillah, it's, uh, it's pretty good. And this कुछ the ख़राब होते that it's true. Mm-hmm. Some guys are bad, they do really stupid things. But Usme Pakistani have fault, you can't nah, culture. it. You can't do it. You can't do it. You not do it. You not do it. You can melaabe ke yaar kuch pakistani ladke ne koi you know kuch jhagda ho gaya uske galat kaam public community hmm. yeah uh,
1: are there a lot of intercultural marriages like pakistani barbe karte
0: karte cultures even in races hmm. uh, i've seen people get like marriages and intercultural marriages, yes, they do happen quite a lot.
1: Or in general, let's say, uh, you know, going back to arranged marriage, you know, culturally speaking, at least, our marriage process may obviously, the parents are involved, which is something that's not very common in Western lifestyles, right? People are more individualistic, like, many yeah. I know who I want to live with, and uh, my parents or your parents have nothing to do with it. However, I think for us, it's actually beneficial in that aspect, because we are naturally very family-oriented people. So we, yes. It's actually a good thing that our parents are somewhat involved in the process. My parents were involved, for example, in my wedding rishta process, right? And I personally, I, I didn't really mind it. And her parents were involved too. I think it's actually a good thing because that way, because yeah, families nee apus mein milna, jolna hota. You know, it's not like, Wo apni family se milegi shaadi ke baad ya apni family ke So, mixing hoti reegi, yeh interactions hoti So it's actually very important that both families get along, not just the the two people.
0: Yeah, it is. It is. And it's not it's not just with weddings and I think our families are always involved in whatever we do. I've always my my roommate in South Africa was also Pakistani. I was very, very lucky to find a Pakistani roommate. And we were just talking one day and I I said to him that bro, we're not alone. Like our families are I don't know how to put this, I guess, spiritually or just like mentally they're there with us. So whatever we do, whatever step we take, we're always thinking about the family, what will they think? Mm-hmm. And, and that's really cool in, in that way. You will never feel alone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. And nobody's cracked the, the secret code. You know, you you already kind of mentioned that over here, for example, the, the style of marriages are different. It's more love marriages, but yet the divorce rates are so high. So high. Yeah. So it's not like they've cracked any secret code. KG. You know, I'm to get before you buy those kids have better, uh, better uh, you know experience with uh, it's actually not proven that way either. So it's, it's... not,
0: it's really not. I think I think arranged, arranged is, is a is a really, really good concept. I, I really don't mind that. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, I can say.
1: That's great, yeah. Well, how old did you say you were again? Twenty four. Twenty four, okay, yeah. So is, it's coming. <laughs> it's definitely coming. <laughs> it so you can look forward to it. Uh,
0: but, but after, after I'm done with my studies, uh, my mom has given me this much time. Um, yeah. I, I, I've spoken to them about this in detail and they said okay yeah we'll give you enough time to finish your studies and to start a job that way you know you, you'll feel like you're financially stable and yeah then, then we'll, we'll get you hitched uh, that's the term that I use it's cool yeah, yeah. get, hitched. get
1: yeah, you hitched getting
0: go. hitched yeah so they'll, they'll, get, they'll get me hitched somewhere and I think that's where my life will actually start I feel like it hasn't started yet I'm still preparing for the for the main event
1: yeah it's a new chapter it's a new chapter it, yeah once it'll year, be once
0: it'll, it'll be a new chapter and that's like the one chapter where I'll be on the same wavelength as others because I've always been somebody who's played catch up in my life uh, mm-hmm. I've always been behind a lot I've missed uh, like five years of school in my life and then I had to start like catching up to all that so yeah. I think that'll be like one chapter of my life that I'll start on the same wavelength as uh, yeah. with my peer yeah
1: yeah yeah that makes sense yeah. that's good
0: This has been amazing, man. I just wanna say thank you so much for having me on here. And yeah, yeah. Uh, what I'd like to say about about this whole podcast thing is when I found out about you guys, it made me so, so happy that uh, there's actually a platform for Pakistani people to communicate with each other. I wish I had this during my high school time. That if I mm-hmm. had this while, when I was in high school, when I was a teenager, it would be really helpful to me. So I just wanna put this out there. I just wanna to request to people, if you're Pakistani, you know, if, you're, if you identify yourself as a brown person, as a Pakistani and you see a fellow Pakistani, please be very very nice to them especially mm-hmm. if they're new if they've just moved to that place it can be a bit of a struggle for them so please be nice uh i've, I've you know i've had one policy that uh i used to teach institutions before and just like that so mm-hmm. if i'm teaching somebody who's pakistani i never charge them mm. yeah so please be good to your people they're a part of you okay you owe it to them right uh, and thank you so much for having me on here man
1: yeah absolutely yeah thanks for coming wonderful message by the way i mean i think people need to know okay you people are willing to open up to you especially pakistanis though pakistani kahana, and they don't know each other and they meet up and if you as long as you're willing to open up to the other person they'll probably become your best friend if you yeah, if I you allow it. them to like in ken log they, they don't do that they don't allow it but otherwise you know two pakistanis in the middle of nowhere can become best friends.
0: <laughs> for real, yaar, jitna fayda Pakistan hai, we can't even count it. I mean, you and I wouldn't be talking right now if, you, if, we, if it wasn't for Pakistan. The reason why yeah. we're speaking right now is because we're Pakistanis, we're overseas Pakistanis, isn't it? So, yeah, exactly. this is like the assan of Pakistan on us, and uh, we should really, really think about this, be grateful for this. Say Alhamdulillah for this every single day at least. Mm-hmm. Yaar, Allah that we are Pakistani, hai, Pakistan is our parents, Pakistan mein हमें mm-hmm. amazing culture mila. Itna amazing mili. you know I really love Punjabi, I love how Punjabi sounds, it's so cool. Yeah. Especially jokes in Punjabi, Matlab, Punjabi hoti you don't get uh-huh. stuff like that, that's priceless. So yeah. we really need to be more more grateful for this.
1: Absolutely, we, you're right. We need yeah. to be more grateful. For this. All
0: right,
1: thanks oh, a lot. Thank you so much, man. Um,
0: yeah, alright, bro, All right, take, take care. Allah Hafiz. Allah Hafiz.